kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it and what were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all our fellow sky watchers listening worldwide, globally, on a flat earth, interdimensionally, somewhere in your mind, if you're tripping on something and you're just an illusion of your subconscious. However way you're tuning in tonight to Sky Watchers Radio, thank you for being here with us. We enjoy your company, even when you don't call in during the show. But you call in after the show or before the show. Your voices are always heard. We love you all. Thank you for joining us and being here with us live from New Logic Studios down in Miami, Florida on this beautiful February 7th, 2017. This is the first show of the new year. We've been away for a while and sorry guys, we had to go on a, on a small hiatus, but we're back live now and joining me as usual is my radio hetero life mate, the one and only the other guy. Other guy. Say what's up to everybody. Say hi. Say hello. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? All right. We're going to have a great, Very animated. great show. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm looking forward to having uh, really, really fun discussions. We've got some really interesting people to talk with tonight, don't we? Oh, we always do. Tonight, we're going to have an excellent show. Joining me and the other guy, as usual, the third leg on this trip, this voyage, this mission, this encounter, this abduction, whatever you want to call it. It's the one and the only, the great, much better than me and the other guy anyway, Crystal Storm, <laughs> a.k.a. DCS, a.k.a., of course. Come on, give it to me, other guy. Join, join me on this one. Okay. Come on, come on. One, three, two, one, go. Ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, that was good. That was good, Angel. The other guy was kind of, I think he forgot. I think yeah. he forgot what my third I, I didn't was. want to go that high. I, I'm trying to save my voice for the next show I'm about to do. So. Speaking yeah. of which, uh, what, what toilet bowl are you calling in from tonight? Because you sound yeah. like you're, yeah, what's up with that? Okay, I am calling in from Florida tonight. Uh, I am having a wonderful, relaxing day at my own desk, and it feels wonderful. You're having a relaxing day at your own desk, and it feels wonderful. That's yes. awesome. Okay. So why do you sound like you're? Why do you sound like you're like in, in a toilet on like somewhere in Fargo, North Dakota, or something? Um, because Shiite happens. Um. Literally, it's because the other guy. Yeah, don't forget, other guy, by the way, that your internet's going to cut off at midnight, so you're going to need the password. <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. That's happened before. Uh, actually, I know that's yeah. happened before. That's why I'm telling you. That's why I'm reminding yeah. you that that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I, I think I got it covered this time. Thanks for pointing that okay. one out. Yeah. Are you no sure? Problem. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No problem, no problem, no problem. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Make fun of me, please. Why don't you? Go ahead. <laughs> 
My goodness. That's the other guy, everybody. My radio head world life mate right there. That's him. Fantastic. It's fantastic. It's so good. So yeah, good. Yeah, I know people yeah, missed yeah. us. They did. Oh, you have no idea. In yeah, fact, well, the reason that you said that earlier uh, on the intro about people calling in before or after is because right before showtime, we had a caller call in and asking if we were going to be live tonight. I said, yes, we're going to be live. And they were really happy about that. But they never awesome. call in during the show. I'm like, call in during the show, guys. I'd love to hear from yeah. you. So if you guys want to join in, uh, we would love to hear from you, 786-245-8127. That is the call-in number, again, at 786 786- uh, 2458127. And if you guys want to Skype us, just look up PSN Radio or Soup Media Network and uh, you can find us on Skype easily like that. And uh, join in. We'd love to hear from you. Always love to hear from you. We're going to be joined by Rich Giordano here in a couple minutes, guys, because we have uh, new segments now here. This is a new year, right? It's 2017. New format. Yeah. New format. Explain it. Right, we have to do things just slightly different to keep it, you know, moving, keep it going, make sure you guys are engaged with, with what's going on, so we're going to explain it away only once, so pay attention. Listen up. Right. Okay, guys, let's go. Yeah, the way we're doing the news now is going to be a little bit different. The way we're doing our segments, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have uh, 10 minutes of uh, open banter like we just had here, you know, just uh, opening up the show, saying hello to everybody, blah, 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 back and forth. And then we're going to do a full 30 minutes of Wall of Weird News with a special guest co-host every week. This week, Rich Giordano is going to be our very first guest on the show for the Wall of Weird News. And uh, next week, we'll have somebody else. We got to that, we'll have somebody else. That'll be a full 30 minutes, more or less. And uh, then we're going to have 20 minutes of Blast Through the A-Hole. That's right, we're bringing that back. Because the other guy loves that segment. He really does. He I just get myself into so much trouble with it, so it's fine. You he know what? I have never it. been around for Blast Through the A-Hole, so I'm like super stoked about this. He campaigned for this thing to return. I'm telling you. like that, It was wow. great. Wow, campaigning is serious. Okay, okay. Now, well, it there's better, a good it chance. Up to the hype. That's all I'm saying. There's a good chance that the Russia hacked the campaign and somehow, it, you know, this is why it's coming back. I'm just saying. Nice. Oh, nice. really? That's a, like, a likely answer. Okay, fine. Yeah. About it. Whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm excited. Let's do it. <laughs> and then after the blast of the a-hole segment, we're going to have, during the second hour, we're going to have our main guest of the evening who's going to join us. Uninterrupted. That's right. There's not, there's not going to be any breaks in between. No uh, going to commercials. Nothing. It's going to be a full hour of uninterrupted guests. And this week, joining us in the second hour is going to be the one and the only, the fabulous Mr. Robert Morningstar, our favorite. Oh yeah. Because you know, if we're going to kick <laughs> off the new year, who better to do it with than Robert Morningstar? That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah, he's right. very, you know what, he's very knowledgeable, and I'm very excited to talk about stuff in Antarctica, because that's like one of my favorite things to talk about, is because that place is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll find out more about some pyramids that are there. We'll maybe find out about uh, some other stuff that's uh, yes. going on underneath. Uh, yes. They found recently. Yeah, look, whether you believe in flat Earth, uh, spherical Earth, whatever Earth you believe in, Antarctica is definitely a weird place, man, let me tell you. That's, uh. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. The rules alone about Antarctica make Antarctica a weird place. Like, you don't have to know anything else about Antarctica to know that the government won't let you go there. But has bases there. So, like, what the fuck? Exactly. It's a what the fuck event. It is. It's definitely a what the fuck moment. Yeah, about it. it really is. It really is. So yeah, I'm very so I'm very excited to talk to him about it. This will be good. So we're gonna have Rich on here, and uh, actually we're gonna have him on in a few seconds. So and now, 
wall of weird news on Skywatchers Radio. Radio. And there we go. We got Rich Giordano on the line here with us. Uh, wall of weird news time. Rich, welcome to the show, my friend. You told me to go to SoulFlow Studios, and I'm waiting over there at SoulFlow, and there's no you. Nobody's there anymore. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong network, bro. Okay. Somebody what? Bubble. Rich, Rich just dropped his sofa on us. you got to blame it all on Angel. It's all his fault. Unbelievable. You know, Miami's not that easy to get around. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, well, hold on. And I, I can't. I took a shower. I'm still wet. I, well, I, that, I that's incredible. You took, you took a shower. That's incredible to begin with. But here's the thing. Uh, this show's never been on SoFlo Studios, buddy. Like. Oh, you told me to go there. I got the joke. This is the first time I've been to Miami. I've been to Orlando, but Miami's totally different. Miami is totally different, yeah. That is very true. It, it is. It is. I saw Mickey. He gave me the finger. <laughs> I saw Goofy. Which, which, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Which, which finger? Because he's only got six. This is true. It was the one in the middle. They all look like okay. the middle finger, yeah. Does it really matter? It's Mickey. <laughs> Oh, folks. It was fun. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So, what are we doing on this freaking show? All right, we got the wall of weird segment. We got uh, news uh, that we uh, talk about every week. Uh, normally, we just be you know us just bantering about whatever news uh, that we you know we come up with that we want to talk about. Uh, but you know, now we're going to include a special guest co-host, and you are this week's special guest co-host, so we can go over the news together. And, uh, you know, get perspectives from everyone on the show involved here, yourself included, on what exactly it is that we're talking about. Is this Skywatchers Radio? This is Skywatchers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like we didn't properly prep the news guy yet. That's okay. Yeah. We're just starting, people. We're just starting. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the old studio. I want to make sure I'm on the, the same show. I mean, I'm a little confused, but let's let's get the show on the road, as they say. No. No, you'll give me wrong directions. Scratch it. Welcome to Florida UFOs. Uh, my name is. Uh, <clears throat> oh, never mind. That's wrong show. Happy New Year to you and everybody else. I can't believe it's 2017. It's almost Christmas already. So, then I get to fucking watch this. Y- I know. Oh, like, are you time traveling again? And you forgot to invite us. You know, I, I did, that's right, because you know those those Apple Watches, I got one of those, and you can actually fast forward and go back in time. Did you know that? Very really? Cool. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I, I got to get me one of those, I think, I guess. I I was at the A-hole. Oh, that's coming up later, yes. You'll I know, the but A-hole I was there. Again. I was there. I'm telling you what and, happened. And, and, and how was it? had a was blast. It a blast? That was good. That was good. That was good. Way to take my line. Thank you. All right, check this out. First news on the wall of weird. Check this out. Tom Delange. I think I'm probably butchering his last name. Delange. 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 Whatever. He preps a nonfiction book. That guy, yeah. He preps a nonfiction book about you about the UFO phenomenon. And he says, uh, Secret Machines, Gods, co-written with, uh, with, uh, noted occult author, researcher Peter Lavenda, who, uh, we, we all know here on the show. Uh, Tom DeLonge will publish a new non-fiction book that explores the UFO phenomenon, uh, Gods, Secret Machines, Men and War. He spells secret very interestingly. Right? 
Yeah. He does. He secret is spelled S E K R E T. Secret. Hmm. I see a secret machines. Maybe Gods. he's saying it like maybe he's saying like how Russians uh, pronounce it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's secret. Mm. Uh, the uh, former Blink-182 guitarist Tom DeLinge will publish a non-fiction book about UFOs, uh, Secret Machines, Gods. It comes out March 7th, uh, coming up. DeLinge uh, co-wrote uh, Secret Machines with Peter Lavenda, who has penned numerous books about the history and the occult. But the history of ufology, I guess. The new book is based on interviews and scientists, engineers, intel- with scientists, engineers, intelligence officers, and military officials. It aims to challenge the way people think about UFO paintings, or I'm sorry, sightings, and related phenomenon. And uh, since your secret machine is, uh, is the opening salvo on the complacency, uh, uh, that's a tough one for me, complacency, uh, anybody going to help now? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Complacency. There you go. There you go. Opening salvo on the complacency of human intuitions, <laughs> where the UFO phenomenon is concerned. Lavenda said, or Lavenda said, I think they mis, yeah, I think they misspelled that. That's why I said Lavenda said, but uh, Lavenda said. Anna Luisa said. Yeah, I guess it's designed to shake people up and make them question their assumptions. Because when you make assumptions, you make an ass out of yourself. And then you're just an asshole. Don't even say that. This book is not is not only a new take on the phenomenon, but by treating it it's uh, by treating it as a given, but a new approach to religion that takes a hard look at religious texts and ideas from around the world to discern the traces of an event that changed us forever. Basically, they're trying to uh, I guess say with this book that hey, you know all that religious stuff from the past, aliens. Okay. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens. All right. Well, I mean, guys, uh, I mean, it's also said it'll feature a foreword from uh, a computer scientist, uh, one of the most well-known writers and researchers on UFOs. Right. Uh, so that guy's going to be, yeah, I mean, well, is, it's Jack, uh, it's Jack experiencer? Like, what made him want to do this? Yeah, but look here, it's a feature to forward from Jack Vallée, computer scientist. Yeah, Jack Vallée, yeah, that's wonderful. Um He's isn't Jack Vallee also the guy who was was involved with the uh, what do you call it the uh, uh, man I'm going blank tonight what was the uh, the not the Montauk the other uh, documentary that came out uh, about a couple of years ago they had like three parts of it mm, I don't know let's ask Google I'm gonna ask yeah, Google why you guys discussed yeah, um, it's a huge documentary leading UFO researcher. I mean, yeah, he's, he's just doing this about that that it's uh, Christians and, and religion and all the UFOs that we see in those paintings and everything. They're, they're actual UFOs. Right. Is that what he's saying? You remember the documentary? Damn, now the name is escaping completely. It, it's a uh, uh, documentary that came out a few years ago. There was three parts of it. The first one dealt with Jesus, and the beginning was about religion and stuff. And then it kind of led Zeitgeist. To Zeitgeist. Thank you. Jeez, Jesus Christ. Whew, that's what we have Rich here for this week. Uh, isn't Jack Vallee, wasn't he like involved on like the sequel to Zeitgeist? Like Zeitgeist 2 or 3, wasn't like he the guy, or am I thinking of the wrong guy? I don't think that's him, brother. Okay. Um, because I'm I've seen right those, now. you know, yeah, it doesn't sound right. Every time I hear that guy's name, I think of Jack Lalane, the fitness guy who died at 90. <laughs> um, 
No, seriously, I don't think it is him. Look up Zeitgeist and see who's, you know, part of it. That's the only way you can do that. No, it's Jack Fresco. My bad. That's what oh, okay. Well, that Fresco. makes no sense yeah. either to me, so. Okay. Yeah, well. Can Jack you know, no, Fresco. Well, close enough. Well, the, well, didn't the, the Vatican even said that they study that and believe there, there are aliens out there? Well, well, they think so, it's all part of God's plan because, you know, they're, they're, right. I mean, they're, they're, look, the Vatican is not stupid. They have this really, uh, you know, they have a huge amount of, a huge amount of money. They have these telescopes. They can view into the sky. They know exactly what's going on out there. And they, they're seeing that, hey, <laughs> things are a little different than we've been preaching for the last 3,000 years. So, yeah, at this point, way. you know, at this point, I think even the Vatican is like aware that one day, uh, yeah, we're going to have full official contact if uh, they don't know about, you know, actual aliens already. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure at this point they're like, well, yeah, eventually it is going to happen, so we might as well get everybody prepared. Because, you know, what's the number one fear with uh, disclosure? The religion going to what? Yeah. Destroy, the right? the religious, they, could, yeah. they couldn't take it, right? Religions are shut down. It'd be the end of all religious institutions, right? Yeah. Well, how do you get around you know, that? But I think that they have always thought that the aliens are aliens, you know, like, Beings, not, you know, just like microbiology shit. Um, right. No, I think that they're just now coming around telling us what they've always known. You see the UFOs in the paintings, the one with the Mary, the one with the Jesus, the one with the other mm-hmm. guy. Well, I mean, yeah, but here's, here's the thing. That wasn't really supposed to depict the UFO. In fact, if you go back and look at some of the, 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 the history, um, there is actually a, a reason for those things being there. They're actually depicting the sun and the moon. I know, but they don't look anything like a sun. They don't look anything like a moon. But remember, so that, I, the sun was they, the original god, Ra, remember? But if you take a look at the Bible, and I'm not a Bible thumper, but you can read the Bible and translate all that into aliens. Angels flew down, three guys came down, the, the wheel, the Ezekiel, I mean, we all know that. So oh, that's true. you yep. could always yep. say that the Bible's always talked about angels and devils and demons, that these are aliens. Ancient alien theorist right here. The Nephilim. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's got the hair to do this gig? Ancient alien theory. Haven't you seen my picture? This man right here is... uh, But you don't have... You don't have the dip-de-doo gel that has your hair... No, he he, he does. But he does. What? Uh, you know, I see the whole Terminator photo. I'm looking at you on Skype here. You don't have a faux hawk. No, no, no. That's an old. That's an old picture. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta show oh, that really? picture, Rich. You gotta put the, the photo on Skype. You gotta do it, bro. I can't. Oh, I can. Yeah, let me do that while we're here. So, yeah, do that. Uh, all right. Well, other than that, um, yeah, I am Giorgio Sukalos's long lost brother, Richard. He's Rich, Richard really? Sukalos. <laughs> you should really see is. the picture, brother. It is really uncanny. What, you got a photo of the two. You got a photo of the two of you together. Well, we all know what Georgia looks like, and then you look at me and you're like, "Oh my God, that's yeah, Georgia's like, brother, it's like Richard Sukalos." Like, yeah, it's like they're separated at birth or something. Now, Except I just. Our... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You're saying. I I was gonna say I just don't steal quotes from you know, what's his name. Um, I lost it my train. It must be aliens. Dun, da, da. <laughs> well, he always now, takes quotes from that. Uh, what's that guy that he took over his um, little UFO land over there? What's the guy that he uh, always talks about? The guy who wrote the Von Daniken. Ah, that guy. Always, you, I watched two episodes recently where Giorgio Sukalos used the exact words verbatim that Eric Von Daniken said. 
in but, many but ways. he didn't do the accent. That's very true. <laughs> that is very. But he Rich, did come not on. do you and, the accent. You and I both know that all he is, Georgia Tukaloos, is the mouthpiece for America for Vandanikin. Now that Vandanikin's getting older. That's and eventually, right. eventually he is going to be there. It's like uh, Michael Horn, what he does for uh, Billy Myers here in America. He goes yes. around, he does yes. his talking, he preaches what you know Michael Billy Myers wants him to teach. You know he does uh, the Billy Myers. Uh, you know he does the he's like the boots on the, on the ground type of guy where he goes out and he actually does the the, yeah. the conditioning. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I'm not. I, I don't think he's that big of a mouthpiece for him. I mean, you know, he doesn't do the accent. Um, you know, and I think he does have his own ideas as well, too. He has no He's ideas. None. Really, really, none. No. no, no. <laughs> the only thing I, I mean, Sulu is a very... And he has his own accent. accent. He has his own accent. He, he, he not heard his accent. Okay, then. He well. has his own accent. <laughs> he speaks in his own way, but he preaches the same damn thing word for word a lot of times, just like Michael Horn does for Billy Myers. Uh, you know, this is what they are. They're like the guys who go out there and they pimp, you know, these people's things, uh, or their story, or their books, or their agenda, or their cult, or whatever it is you want to call it. That's all that they're there for. And to be honest with you, uh, Georgia Tukaloos, while he's slightly entertaining, sure, because you know, he's goofy with the hair and everything and all that stuff, he has no original thought. It's not like he's coming up with anything new or brand new no. to ufology. He's just regurgitating the old stuff that Vandanikin and these other, these other folks were, were talking about for many, many years. And eventually when Vandanikin dies, somebody's going to capitalize on that, right? Guess who it's going to be? George Tukalos. Right. I changed so my have, picture so you can see it now. You'll have uh, right. a book's reign where he's like part of the book, but he didn't really write anything. He just kind of like, you know, took part of like, you know, promoting it, and that's about it. So you'll get, you know, his name will be on there somehow. But it's really just stuff regurgitated from Vandanikin. And then he, that, that'll be his next claim to fame. And he'll continue forward to, you know, then he'll get his successor. Who'll continue right. forward after that. And it'll just keep going. That's how these cults continue going on. And I, because people do die, you know, unfortunately. And, Somebody said the, the D word disclosure. Whoever said that, it's never going to happen, ever. Well, thank ever. you, Stephen Bassett. I'm just telling you, Steve Bassett's wasting his time. Anyway, I know that's not part of the weird news. I just have to no. keep telling it. Everywhere I go, every show I go on, I'm going to keep saying it. So anyway, what I find weird though about this story <laughs> we're reading, what I find weird, weird about this. We do. Hold on, what By I find way, weird about dying and weird. God damn it! Oh, hold on, what I find I'll weird about this story that we're reading. Is that uh, it involves a guitarist for Blink One Eighty Two? I know. That's the weirdest part of this whole thing. It's just I really want to know what his motivations are for doing this. It just seems so out of the blue. Like, and the article doesn't even talk at all about like why he would do it. It's like some interesting things about the book, and he's going to write it and the input. But like, I mean, why? Why would he do this? I'm just curious. Doesn't that mean nothing better to you? No, here's the thing. When I wake up in the morning, and I want to know. Source of income. And when I no, he's got money. He's Blink One Eighty Two for crying out. He's one of the guitarists. I mean, he's the main guitarist. But or okay, okay, hang on, hang on. How many bands do you know that were really, really popular way back, and they're now starving artists? It yeah, happens they, because they, did they didn't good, manage their money well. 
Okay, well, I'm not, through too many that's wild fine, but here's the, here's the thing. When I'm thinking about ufology, I'm not thinking about fucking Blink-182. Like, this is like the least person I feel like they were better ways for him to make money than writing right. a book on UFOs. It's, if that is like, you know. It's not about the money. It's it's just about him interested in it. That's all it is. He has an it's interest like be. you no, this No, that's no, it. no. You guys are missing the whole point. This goes along with something I've been saying for years and years and years and years. For some reason, ufology... I don't know why it does this, but it tends to bring in failed musicians, people that were in music acts that failed for whatever reason, or they were there for a while and then they retired young because it fizzled out. For whatever reason, they end up like who? getting involved in ufology. David Wilcock. Like who? Oh, God. A failed musician. <laughs> who was he with? No, he, he actually puts out, he has a record out. Believe it or not, they put out the Google David Wilcock music, and you'll find the obviously, music. Obviously, Richie didn't know because he failed at it. Exactly. Right. Well, I know the name. It. Uh, that's why. Norio Norio Hasakawa. Norio Hasakawa has a band involved in ufology. Yeah, but this is not like Mac Maloney, who has a great band actually, and you know they're. I don't think they've ever really aspired to be like you know like a big time band, but, I mean, he does music. There's a lot of musicians involved in ufology. Hey, just a lot of I'm a failed musician involved in ufology. They're not making any money, because if anybody was going to make money, it would be me, and it's not happening. Oh, Nobody's right, making got, money. Shut up, Rich. You got more money than the rest of us. I don't care. I'm in a bad mood tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm pissed. I don't know what's wrong. All day long, I've been up and down. Good, bad, sad, mad, glad. Well, this is because I... uh, because your Atlanta Falcons lost. You're PMSing. No, his, Atlanta lost. That's the thing. He's PMSing because Atlanta lost to the great Tom Brady. I can't believe you just said that. That is uh-oh, so uh-oh. stupid. Uh-oh. Let me tell you what happened. I was watching the game at work. They I, I went home early, came home, started watching the second half, fell asleep with two minutes left. I woke up. I just now watched the in-between what happened, just now before the show. And uh, I was weird that you mentioned that. What a great game. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah you, You've been no, working no, like a liberal all week. I, I don't care about Atlanta. No. Atlanta. <laughs> Fucking human ass bitches. <laughs> Oh, I live in Hotlanta. It's 95 with 100% humidity today, and we're raining inside our house. Uh, Hotlanta, fuck. Oh, I hate that place. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm back. Back. Okay. Uh, you can hear the Rich Giordano show every Sunday night on PSN Radio. And hear just that kind of talk. Oh, my goodness. I've been listening to the Rich Giordano show, especially since oh, he's salt like this on his show. I'm, I'm, I'm about it. I'm ready. Well, I'm back in rare form, sister fibrosis. <laughs> nice. What? What the? F- nice. <laughs> I don't like saying sister, brother. Okay, Hulkamaniacs. What's next? What's weird? All right, uh, this Richard is posted. Died. No way. Well, That's yeah, not weird. Yeah, that also. Yeah, well, it's not weird, but you know, it's part of life. The lords of uh, may the lords of Cobol guard his journey. Indeed. That's all I could say. So say we all. So say we all. Did they bury him naked? Be the first um, you um, No, that's that's Dirk Benedict. That's going to happen. No, too, Richard probably. Hatch wasn't he the millionaire first millionaire survivor winner? Oh no 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 no! I'm sorry, Apollo from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. I never watched it. Close enough though. What? You've I never, never watched, watched Galactica? it. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'll watch it. I'll watch it tonight. 
Oh, I, don't I believe sort you. of believe you, sure, okay. No, no, seriously, That's... I won't. Moving on. I mean, next thing on the okay, wall fine. of weird, guys. Here, moving on. Uh, next on the wall of weird, and this is posted by our good friend Alejandro Rojas himself over an open mind. Oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> our good buddy Alejandro Rojas, hey, he's hey, he's my friend. I don't know about you. No, no, listen to this. I was listening to his broadcast because you were playing it before the show, right, and his right. little co-host, his other girlfriend, he's like, hey, Alejandro, Alejandro, everything is like, you want to hear what happened, Alejandro? Hey, Alejandro, he says his name as, oh, my God, it's like hearing Trump. <laughs> Alejandro, Alejandro, I just peed my pants, Alejandro. Hey, if my name was Alejandro. Like, other girlfriend? How many girlfriends does he have? He's, well, he's, he's exactly. married, guys. Come on. Come on. Let's be that's, well, that's, that's respectful. He's he just a player, ain't he? He been ab- he's been abducting his own aliens. Anyway, moving on. What? <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Seriously, 2017, we need to get a mute button for the other guy. For real. Jeez. Oh, come on. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I First off, I said, you know, well, I'm sure someone took it the wrong way when I said he's kidnapping yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, moving on. Moving on. Let's just move on. Okay. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I meant off-worlders. Moving no on, on, other guy. Moving on. Alejandro Rojas. Okay. Oh my goodness! Moving on, moving on. Scientists will discuss UFOs and aliens. Uh, alien contact at the UFO Congress this year. Uh, shocking, right? Anybody shocked on that? No. Nope. It is a common <laughs> mis- <laughs> Yeah, I'm shocked. It is a common uh, misperception uh, that scientists are not interested in UFOs or claims of alien contact. Scientists have actually been leading. Uh, proponents to the research into these areas, and they will uh, be pre- presenting their findings later this month at the International UFO Congress, the Guinness World Record holding largest UFO convention, by the way. Uh, the three scientists include former nuclear physicist and neurologist and professor of Oxford University College in Norway, uh, where he well, they have been investigating strange lights that have been occurring uh, regularly for decades. Each of these men have uh, been left with the conclusion that there is much more of a mystery to these phenomenon than the greater scientist community is aware of. Stan Freeman, of course, uh, who is a legend, began his career as a, shut up, Rich, has began his career as, <laughs> as a nuclear physicist and later became one of the most recognized proponents to the UFO phenomenon. He is credited with being responsible for the massive popularity of the alleged Roswell UFO crash. Of course, he is the guy who, in the 70s, approached uh, Jesse Marcel and got him to open up and talk about what happened in 47. He'll be there as he is at a lot of these conventions. Anyway. (laughs) Friedman will be discussing how... I'm just saying that. No, that wasn't you. Freeman will be discussing how astronomers view the UFO phenomenon, arguing that many of the so-called skeptics have uh, done their research by proclaiming rather than investigation, uh, which is actually true because uh, most skeptics just go by hearsay. But most debunkers, uh, you know, well, most debunkers are full of shit. Most people are full of shit. Uh, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. I'm just saying. Them are, are fighting words. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Now, I'm not shocked that they're going to have scientists and stuff. This is uh, going to be an interesting uh, UFO Congress this year. So if you guys haven't checked that out yet, go to ufocongress.com and sign up for it. It should be a very, very cool event. It takes place uh, February 15th through the 19th. Uh, so it's coming up right around the corner. Unfortunately, and, and this is the 26th annual UFO Congress, so they have this every year, guys. So, uh, yeah. But unfortunately, we, we are not going to be able to uh, be there this year. We're supposed to uh, go and... Uh, 
and have a table and uh, do our broadcast stuff from there. But uh, sadly enough, next we won't year. be able to make it. But next year we're 100% in, and we will be there yes, broadcasting uh, the show and uh, doing a bunch of live uh, stuff from there. Uh, sadly enough, uh, some medical stuff came up uh, with myself, and I'm not going to be able to make it out. No, Rich, I don't have any STDs. No, but what are you going to miss? The same Stan Friedman speeches since 1990? You're going to hear whatever his name, Bassett, Bassett Hound, whatever. Gonna well, be I don't, I don't, I don't think Bassett's going to no, be there. Gonna be there. You're going to spend $300 to sit there and listen to 16 people you heard the last 10 years. Boring. Well, <laughs> it depends. i tell you what. I, look, we met uh, a bunch of these guys over at the uh, Mufon. We did. We met... Steve, uh, Stan Friedman was there. He's actually very, very pleasant. And nice. They're all wonderful people. They're know, nice people. But the story is old and boring and played out. Not what yeah, you, I, it is I'm to not, us. No, 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 Rich, wait. It is to us because we're you know diehard ufologist fans. We've been following this stuff for our, our, our entire lives practically. But the whole thing is, these guys also are reaching new audiences with every one of these conventions. Different yeah. people that go that, that I've never might have heard these stories are learning yeah. about it. Yeah. Really? Do you really yes. think so? Do you, I, honestly, I honestly believe that. I've honestly been to the one here like several times before. And that makes you an expert. Talking, you want to and I saw the expert. same group of people and the same speakers that they're having now, basically. Yeah, there's a couple of new things that are coming out, some new documents and that are popping up here and there. And there are aliens, there are UFOs. I'm not saying there's not, but it's not exciting. And I know we do this every day, basically. You know, we talk about it, think about it, research. But it's just... You know, I mean, you and I have talked about it. It's the reason I quit doing my show and had to change it, the name, so I don't pigeonhole myself into the same boring stories every week. I just don't see what else they're bringing to the table to get ufology exciting again. What is well, it? No, Tell no, me. And, and that, and that aspect, we're on the same page, because I also agree that there is nothing really new that's happened in the world of ufology over the last uh 20 years, 30 years. We haven't had a Roswell since 1947, really. We've had minor incidents here and there that have been reported, but nothing with concrete evidence, and that is the main issue. Now, I'm interested to see what these scientists that are going to be at the UFO Congress have to say with their findings and see what you know they've come up with. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. There hasn't been any ground-shaking, earth-shaking you know, thing that's come out within the last 30 years. But look, somebody like Stan Friedman, who's going to be there, and he talks about Roswell. Roswell is like the golden ticket to ufology. That's like the one that everybody talks about because it's the one with the most concrete evidence that you can point to and say, well, something definitely happened in 47. And that's why it becomes the story every time that we have one of these conventions or any time that we have a, a show on ufology. That's the one topic that everybody talks about because it is the biggest topic to talk about. Unfortunately, you are right, though. There hasn't been anything since Roswell that has been as big as Roswell. But that's not, you know, we can't dismiss the entire field either because of that. I didn't say I was dismissing that's the whole like, That's uh, like saying screw no. Star Wars because the prequels sucked. You know, that's not cool either. That's not what I said. You're, you know, you're even taking it the wrong way. And I, and I know I'm animated because I am passionate about it. But you are, the fact I know. that there are real UFOs out there, like, okay, Jaime Mosan, you know, right, as much as I don't like the guy, <laughs> no, really, he does have some interesting things. Every now and then you throw enough shit on the wall, some will stick, and that's what he does. <laughs> um, he does have some interesting new things, but to hear Roswell, I mean, come on. I mean, this has been going on for 70 years now? 70? There is no concrete evidence, my brother. None. None. Oh, I never Show said there was. 
Everything you did. You just said there's no, concrete no, no. evidence. There's evidence that something happened there because A, we had a report from the government. B, we've had eyewitness testimonies. Uh, look, something happened, whether it was an alien ship, one of ours, a weather balloon, whatever the, the scenario that happened, something concrete happened. We know mm. that much. Everything else is hearsay. Everything which is the is main, percent, which is the main no problem, problem with ufology in general, that everything is hearsay. But sadly enough, Rich, we can say the same thing about religion. We say the same thing about a lot of other things oh, that I is do. mostly based on faith and hearsay. And if you watch Zeitgeist, you know religion's a farce. And I'm well, sorry for you, faith, faithful, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get into it. It's too much of a. Discussion, At the end of the day, but... I think the truth, the truth is going to be we're living on a flat earth, people. That's you know, that's what it is. Yeah, that's it. You're right. Stop it. We're not. Don't say that. <laughs> and we are on the staying out of this. It's not no, funny. No, seriously. It's it's a, it's a disc-shaped earth. It's not round. It's disc-shaped. It's almost flat, not really. But the underside is smooth like glass, and we're on the, the bumpy side. <laughs> we're on the bumpy side. Yeah. Okay. Like a pizza. Yeah. You got the pizza pan underneath, and you got the hills, the crust, the cheese, the everything else on top. Alright. I, I guess we would I'm be the cheese, right? We're, we're the cheese. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to believe you there, but it's just I not working. I know, don't believe me, cause I'm joking. It's a horrible joke. I would never, it's a joke. Uh, it's um, a joke. So, so, Ooh, wow. talking about Roswell and the, this conference that's coming up, so what's wacky about that? I think uh, it's nothing. all the inner earth people that are gonna come out and show up and say that Roswell was those guys. It's all the inner earth people. Oh, I hate them so much. <laughs> I know, I know. What, the flat earthers? Inner earthers? What, what, what about them? Wait, why do we have I, the inner earthers? Yes, we're all with inner earthers. Yeah. Inner, I think there's flat earthers. Oh, come now, on. Now, the flat earthers are one thing. The inner earthers, I think, are actually a lot more interesting than the flat earthers. But I'm oh admittedly biased. I'm literally really? admittedly biased. Oh, my God. No, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think she's biased because we're we're friends with Dennis Crenshaw. He was, you know. Oh no, I like Dennis. He's a nice he's guy, but he's wrong. He's a, he's a nice guy, but he's wrong. I love the guy. Like he's crazy, but no, he's wrong. No, you're just wrong. I'm there, sorry. There's, love the guy, I mean, but I don't know. He has no idea what he's talking about. That I think there's a lot more no, credence to the hollow Earth than there is to the flat Earth. No, it's the same. No, no. I think we're going to agree that no on that one. Yeah, that's come on, it, come on. I, I, there's there's so many caverns. There's so many different <laughs> right. places in the Earth that actually even have their own biospheres in them. Oh my you God! Can't, other guy, we can't go to Antarctica, so that means the Earth is flat. Okay, so it's the same. <laughs> don't don't try to shovel shit in the other direction. It's the same. How is it the same? Because you'll never know. You will never be well, there. Well, never, because there are scientists, there are scientists that are spelunking, they're cave diving, and they're finding species of all sorts of different uh, diversified um, insects and animals that have supposedly been extinct for generations and thousands and even millions of years. They're finding yet, it and they're coming No intelligent life. I understand, right, right, there's no little, uh, you know, big-eyed little kid coming out of there like, uh, you know, uh, it's just, I don't know, I mean, yeah, go go with we it. Haven't been, you know, we, we haven't been able to dig or drill further than 12 miles into the ground, okay, and there's a hell of a lot more. God, the pressure, the pressure is so immense, you can't, you can't, go a mile down, you'll crush like a grape. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> That's quite a, it's not I just want to call up Now Your Show Now just to troll you because it's so fun. <laughs> I've got six Rich minutes gets left. so animated. It's amazing. I love it. We have to have Rich on all the time. No. Yeah, and when is Future Theater coming back? I, you know, that's a good question, Ooh, and I keep getting question. asked that, but uh, no idea yet. It's a trick question. There's no answer. Yep. Yeah, I believe it. That's a good one. They're still writing uh, away. I know Nancy's uh, halfway through her book. You know, Bill's doing some other uh, project, and uh, as soon as they're ready, they'll okay. be back. And I don't all mean I know, that. All I, know, all I know is that they will be back. That's all I know. And I'm not trying to over-talk or overstep my boundaries with anybody here. You know, I, I like You're you guys, late. of course. <laughs> you saw, you saw what you just did there, Rich. You know, you know what you just did there, bro. Like you, you set him up. You don't set up the other guy like that, bro. Come on. Don't ever do that. Ever. Don't do that. Just don't do it. Just You're dead to me. You're yeah, dead. There you go. There you go. You. you know what? Get in line. <laughs> Get in line. Oh, I gotta change my name to another guy. <laughs> the other other guy. <laughs> oh, the the uh, I can't. You think you're you're bomb worthy? Uh, people are after you. I love the other guy. You know, when you guys talk to him, I'm like, who is this other guy? And I always forget it's you. Um, uh, it's me. It's very yeah. confusing. Very confusing. By the by the way, you know who gave him that name, right, Rich? No. Oh, I do now. Yeah, I do. Who? E, Mr. E. No, man. No. <laughs> no. No, but shout out to Mr. E. By the way. He uh, asked about you. And notice the silence. <laughs> I feel like the silence is like, Rich doesn't know what to do with himself with that news. He's like, wait, what? Believe it or not, I opened my mouth and almost said something, and I said, <laughs> Well, anyway, moving on. Now, uh, the one and only Bill Burns actually uh, coined him the oh. other guy. Why did he do How did that happen? Because uh, he called in one day and he started talking to me and Crystal and then he was going to mention, uh, you know, he was saying goodbye to us as he was about to hang up and he said goodbye to me and Crystal but he didn't remember the other guy's name so he was like, oh, and the other guy. That's awesome. That's a great nickname. And then he just it just kind of stuck. Me. It works for it me. I... Hey, yep. other guy, uh, yeah. I don't mean to get off subject but I wanted to ask you because I see your real name here. Right. Did we talk years ago? Because your name looks so freaking familiar to me. It's possible, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's very possible because he was uh, involved in a convention uh, a few years ago that didn't happen, but it was supposed to happen the UFO Info Weekend, and okay. uh, he was uh, out doing promotion on uh, on Block Talk Radio of all things. And uh, <laughs> Block since had, Talk. Since you had a, a very popular <laughs> show at the time, there, he, there's a good chance he probably contacted you to be on. What was the show? The, uh, the AZ uh, UFO Show. No, I mean, what was his show? I thought you oh, said it was I, a convention. I just said it. it was yeah, it was a convention. I've actually, um, I wanted to announce it at uh, the Arizona show, but I am in the midst of putting something together that will replenish the fans and the people that are interested in ufology. Uh, I do have a convention that I'm negotiating right now. I'm cool. negotiating with the property right now, and uh, I've... I'm. I, Okay, it's just the four of us on the Skype right now that can see what I'm about to type. Yep, and you got uh, two minutes before we hit break, so go for it. Go. Are we on break yet? No, I, 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 no, I can't. No. That's that's serious what you just claimed right there. You said replenish, other guy. That's a big word. Yeah, that's a big yes, word. Yes, it that's... is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna put out. I'm gonna put up uh, who my guests of honors are in the Skype, and I'll let you guys say "Oh my God" to it. Okay. Um, you know, I am atheist, right? I'm just saying. Yep, and I'm agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, "Oh I my unlike holy"? Now I have to take the woo woo and the other guy. It's like the best crew ever. We're the eighteen. <laughs> Okay, guys, yeah, I, would, I would like to direct your attention to the two people that I plan on having as the guest of honor that I've already got prices on um, nice. for them nice. to attend. Nice. Okay. That's cool. What do you mean prices on? Oh, yeah. I don't know that that's like, I mean, like, that's awesome. I don't know that that's like a wow for UFO. I mean, that's like. Cool. No, no, it's not a wow. For, see, but here's the cool part. It's not a wow for ufology people. But it's a wow thing for people who have always enjoyed that. That basically it's going to be a wow for you because a whole lot of people are going to buy tickets to this place that you're renting. Yeah, that is be a wow for me. That's a wow. <laughs> yep. That is a wow. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. And and then of course we'll have Stanton regurgitating his old stuff. And yes. Awesome. Have to. Yep. See, but here, it's the old stuff to us. It's the old stuff to us, but it's not the old stuff to the you new said, attendees. Well, you no, gotta find some new, there's gotta be some people doing new stuff in ufology. There has he to be. Said I mean, even that guy, you're right. Even that guy that we were talking, Jackal, I don't do names, but he, is it, is it Bowtie Man who's working in MUFON? Rich, Rich Hoffman. Like Rich Hoffman. Is he, is Rich the one who's in charge of integrating actually new technology to help find UFOs? Was that Rich? I think that's him. Oh, is that the other guy? Could be the other guy. It might be the no, other guy. No, that's not me. <laughs> not, not that other guy. No, no, not, not you, other guy. Another guy. Other oh, guy. the other, other, other guy. Different okay. other guy, other, yeah. Other, Different other guy off the other. Other guy sport. There has to be. There had new thought. Pro- I mean, even that guy who I don't agree with who thinks that if you call out Jesus' name, the UFOs are going to go away. Oh, like, that guy. I love oh, that guy. Oh, he was oh. awesome, that guy. You know, he was awesome to talk to. <laughs> All right. The whole idea that, like, people in Singapore don't see UFOs because they're too freaking busy. I know, love like, that guy, too. Yeah, he was great. Those are, like, in the, na- in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the aliens go away. Does it really those, are my, those are some of my favorite guys, though. Think about it. Like, yes, out of all the lunacy that we deal with, that is the craziest of all. I love it. Yeah, because in- those things are interesting to me. Is my time Koreans don't, be- Koreans <laughs> don't believe in UFOs. Oh, do you want to go already? Do you want to? No, because I was told I only have thirty minutes, and yeah, after yeah, no. the first break, I'm a no, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're we're about to hit a break. But uh, that's a, look, that's incredible in itself. Koreans don't believe in UFOs. They yeah. do. Well, they according do. to this guy who was stationed over in the MUFON office over there, and I don't remember specifically where it was. Cause I hate to generalize, but he was yeah. like, I think it was a specific area, and he said that they don't. Because they don't have time because their lives are so, like, on schedule and they spend so much time with, like, family and out in nature and, like, doing things that they don't, that they're just not. That it's not a part of their culture or whatever the UFOs Yeah, I guess. I I see. I can see that. Right. So it's a speculation of, is it, you know, is it that they're not seeing them or is it that they are seeing them and it's no big deal or they're passing it off as something else because, you know, it's like an Indian seeing a boat for the first time back in the day. Like, what the hell is that? Is it one of those things? Like, well, for Indians, it's like, oh, it is just the gods, right? I was just going to say that because way back in, you know, in the ancient times, they just took it as it was God and all the, you know, the Vimanas, the yeah, yeah, exactly, and they accepted it. Yep. Mm 
All right, guys, we're out of time for this segment. Rich Giordano, thank you for being on with us on our very first uh, Wall of Weird with the co-host and uh, for participating in the two stories that we uh, talk, talked about and made fun of people for no absolute reason that didn't deserve it. And we're actually no, nice people. we always do that. We didn't make fun of anybody. <laughs> I told the truth, and that's what I do on the Rich Giordano show every Sunday night on PSN Radio. See, I was going to tell you to, to, to give uh, the time. So it's a good job. We weren't offending at these one group of people. This is very true. Guys, we'll be right back with more talk in a few minutes. And, uh, well, before that, we got some uh, blast through the a-holes. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. No longer Suck being em. tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman. From the 1930s to today, news, reviews, rumors, and reports, SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or... No. Holy <laughs> That was the... Yeah. Ten seconds of... Uh, no. What are you that was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction... Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes, that George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban feller. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Thank you. 
one. Yeah. Okay. All right, everybody, we're back live on Skywatchers Radio, and this is, that's right, Blast Through the A-Hole Time. That's right, everybody. Excited? Woo! Woo! Yeah! Awesome. All right. Boys and girls are happy. Look at that. They're screaming. They're clapping. He's ready. So ready. It's like, it's like a good morning America. You know, where they have people outside, like, eating, waving and screaming and stuff. Like, you see outside my window right now. This is my now. first time. I'm, like, super yeah. excited. Like, super duper excited. That's right. You haven't been around for Blast Through the A-Hole before. I know. When I came on, we weren't doing it. So I'm like, what? Yeah. This is going to be awesome. This is an oldie but a goodie. Is a segment that me and the other guy here had for a while. And then we kind of went away with it because it wasn't very popular <clears throat> on Dark Matter. <laughs> there's certain yeah, things you can you can't do well you know yeah. what shout out to dark matter but i think we're doing better over here because you know i can say fuck you know yeah you know, you know we could talk about cocaines and cocaine and like blowing hookers, blowing you know hookers. What I'm saying? which by the way that so, came up today a hooker, you bought the wrong hooker that actually came up in a conversation today by the way you were Did blowing it? hookers blowing hookers yeah <laughs> It was a text between me and some friends, and uh, one of them was saying that if he won the lottery, he would spend it all on blowing hookers. So, like, he, he literally said cocaine and hookers. And I was like, that's funny. Last year, that got me kicked off of the radio network, blowing hookers. <laughs> and then he was like, please explain away. And I'm like, no, I'm leaving you right there. I'm not saying anything else. Hey, I'm it's just like, saying. I want to explain it. I just know I shouldn't explain it. <laughs> you should explain it. By the way, other guy, if I bought a male hooker, I would totally blow him. Why not? If he's pretty enough, why not? I understand. Just saying. Okay, well, with that said, moving on. There you go. <laughs> I know, the other guy's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's completely silent. Yeah, he, he completely, <laughs> you went over I, his head. I, I, right I, want, <laughs> I want to make a comment, but I'm going to be really, really nice and choose not to. Yeah, be careful what you, you know, be careful how you tread on this one, other guy. It's, uh, this is a yeah, slippery slope. I, I, right I am holding my tongue. Even yeah, though it's like a good it, idea. You know, it's a good idea. A, you know, uh, we only have three questions uh, from the audience uh, this week, and we want to get to them as quickly as possible because we've got Robert Morningstar waiting on the wings uh, for the next hour, and uh, he's you know, going to uh, bring us some much more intellectual stuff than what we're about to go through right now. So the first question. <laughs> okay. Go for the, it. The, the first question, and uh, let's get mm-hmm. this poop out there. All right. This is coming from Fred. Fred wants to know, uh, why is it that the aliens are so into anal probing What's the deal with the ass? Because you have shit for question. brains, and uh-uh. that's where they're looking. Uh, well. Uh, well, I, no. Is, is it yeah. actually anal probing? <laughs> like, I know that there is probing involved, but when we talk to experiencers, like, is there a focus on the ass, or is that just for some reason the general consensus that's incorrect? Wait, say that again? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Hold on, hold on. All I can say is, rewind. The bad alien touched you. Right. Well, kind of like that. Like, is a <laughs> when people are abducted? Because I we've talked to a lot of experiences, and I don't think we've ever asked if you were able to be probed. So when you all have done your shows and had, you know, right, talk, right. Jackal, you've been doing this a long time. So have you, other guy? Yep. yep. I mean, yep, is yep, that yep. actually a common thing? <laughs> I've gotten, you know, I've talked to abductees, and I have, I will say that about 80% of them do mention that, yes, they are probed, but it's not only the anus, it's, you know, both parts of the genitalia are probed, uh, even some on the nipples, which is kind of weird for guys to get probed on their nipples, there's nothing there, it's like when girls go down and start kissing your nipple, like, for me, it's like, oh, girl style, that's just, that's weird, I, just, I don't get sexual arousal from 
my nipples. I mean, maybe I'm getting some a little too personal, but some, some guys I don't know. But uh, yeah, you know, it is somewhat of a common thread. Uh, the anal probing and the general probing, which uh, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, if you're going to another planet somewhere and you want to know about that species, you're going to probe them, right? And I guess you're going to probe all parts of their body, and somewhere along the lines, the anus is going to be part of that probing. There you go, Fred. Uh, yeah. There you go, Fred. Okay. Uh, now, why they continuously do it, I have no idea, because once you see one or two asses, I mean, that should tell you all you need to know about human asses, right? Like, wait. Why the thousands and thousands of people that have had their ass probed? That I don't know, but uh, there you go. <laughs> we do what we can. Yeah. All right, next question is from a gentleman named Michael Jacoby, and he wants to know, uh, or it could be Jacoby, I don't know. Why is it that uh, mostly white people see aliens? Well, oh, interesting question. Ooh. I don't know if that's uh, true or not. But... I, I, I am going to just pass this one off to Crystal. Why? <laughs> you passing it on? <laughs> you can't do that. I I I have some ideas, but I don't want to sound like offensive. You don't want to sound offensive. No. You, now I actually want to, like I'm really curious as to what you. Were you know what you just did there, right? You maybe know, we shouldn't know, so maybe we should just let him be silent. Oh no, no. You know what? I, you know what Alan just did there because Alan is the most offensive person on this show. Ever. I am like, not always. Most of the time. <laughs> for I you to say that you don't want to be offensive, for you to say that you don't want to come off as offensive, it's gotta be right. bad. You must be something, you must have something really bad to say. Yeah, why don't you type it in on Skype and, and oh, we'll me? think about whether you say it or not. How's that? Ty- type it in on Skype, we'll think about it while we go to the next question here and if it's not too bad, then you can say it. If it's too bad, no, I'm not going to type it. It's too long of a dissertation. Oh well, just geez. trust me. Right. Just uh, trust me. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know, and I don't know if it's maybe because I mean because okay. So even when we went to to move on, um, it, Jacqueline and I were actually talking about this that like the these conferences tend to be full of like older white people. And we're not trying to be racist. Right. It's just the people who were there. Um, right, people right, who right. tend to have the most interest in the subject. So I don't know. I, I would think that maybe it's not that, that black people aren't having experiences. Maybe we're just not hearing from them. Um, well, it's not even I, a white or black thing because, look, even a, a guy from Korea who uh, told right. us he's not interested in Korea, well, he's a white guy. Right. Representing right. Korea. Right. Go okay, exactly. well, he, he, here's – I'll give you a short version oh, of what my opinion is. Oh, Jesus. Because – no, 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 no. I mean, it, it's, it's really scientifically. Most African American are in, African American people are in urban centers of the United States. It's a given. What? In the while most, up? while most Caucasian people are spread out basically throughout the entire United States. And most of these abductions that actually do take place are usually more rural areas of the country. You don't see someone getting abducted out of their high-rise on 52nd Street in New York. It don't happen. Plain and simple. Yeah, no, the thing is, if it does happen, I think I Dave think Chappelle had a, a skit really about this. With, I honestly think it really has to do with population density and the uh, more than anything else. The Could less be. populated the area is where most abductions happen. In the most rural areas is where they happen. And those places, you know, don't have an African-American affluent community at all. Okay. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, that's good enough that for me. Okay. 
That was yeah. that was decent enough. That was deep. I mean, I think that was a decent enough answer. That was okay. All right. With that said, guys, that's the end of uh, the mm-hmm. segment. That's right. We're done with. What do we got uh, next? What do we got next? What do we got next? Poop through the hole. No more poop. That's the that's the three right there. We're not going to uh, give out any more information there that you didn't want to give out because you're afraid that you're going to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, that was actually. I mean, you you. You were not, I don't think you were, I don't know if you're absolutely correct in your numbers, but I would say, I would say, I would say that about, probably about like 80% of that statement was correct. Yep. Alright guys, we're going to be joined now by the one and only, Mr. Robert Morningstar. Are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready to go to Antarctica. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's get Robert Morningstar on the line here, folks. And, uh, no joke, I mean, we've had Robert on more than just about anybody, right? On the show? No, we've had other people on more. No, Robert. He's, he's an OG yeah, Chris man. Brown on more. Well, but Chris Brown was part of the show for a long time. Robert Morris, how the hell are you, my friend? Is that Robert on the on there? Yeah, Robert's on there. Robert, how are you? I'm pretty good. I just uh, hold on a second. I was listening to your show, and I got to turn it off. Okay. Yeah, that happens. Do you have any? Do you have any comments on the blast from the a hole? Do I sound right? Do I sound wrong on that? Hypothesis uh, no, comment. no comment. No <laughs> comment. <laughs> really? <laughs> Robert is also one of the smartest guests oh, we've ever had on this show. I want you I like when you're inoffensive. Right? I, I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard you accused of being offensive. I haven't really heard you be offensive, but don't start with me on the show. <laughs> That's a, it's early in the show. It's early in the show today. No, no, no. I've got a lot of really interesting things to um, to share with you today. It's a very special day for me and for many others because Robert. tonight I'm dedicating this uh, this program to one of my really great heroes and the reason why I'm here on your show tonight. Tonight oh, would okay. have been is the anniversary, the 109th anniversary of the birth of Buster Crab, the original Flash Gordon. Oh my goodness. Uh, I tell yeah. you, if Flash Gordon hadn't lived in the 1930s and seeded the American imagination, we would not have gotten to the moon, well, in 30 years. 1936, yep. 38, about 30 years later, we were on our way to the moon, and that was because every single astronaut who was on those Apollo missions was a kid sitting in the theaters watching the serials. I was lucky enough to get them uh, rerun on TV, so I didn't have to wait a week. You know, we got one episode a, a day for right. 15 weeks ago. And then at the end of it, we hadn't had enough. We always wanted That to was go. like your your uh, Netflix. Yeah, that was our Netflix. <laughs> it was actually really cool. We used to watch somebody called Captain Video. And Captain Video would come on and he would introduce the show. And he had a robot. And when the time for the cereal came, he'd go over to the robot and open these two doors that were his stomach, and a television screen would be revealed. And that's where. And then they'd zoom into the the TV screen, and the cereal would begin. It's unforgettable, really. Um, so I really I feel I owe a lot to uh, Buster Crab as uh, Flash Gordon as a model, uh, a model not just. Um, a physical fitness model, you know. I mean, he gave a, a really yep. great example. After all, the guy was the Mark Spitz of his time. He was the Olympic swimming champion. 
And mm-hmm. by the way, if it wasn't for that uh, that Flash Gordon serial uh, series there, uh, Robert, we would never have yeah. gotten Star Wars years later. Oh, I know. Yes. You know who else? <laughs> as long as we're talking about giving credit where credit is due, we wouldn't have gotten Star Wars if there wasn't um, uh, Hayakawa, the, um, the the maker of the um, Seven Samurai. He oh, did a movie right. called Akira Kurosawa. Akira yeah. Kurosawa, excuse me. Akira Kurosawa did a movie called yeah. The Hidden Fortress. You ought to oh, watch yeah. it. The it's Hidden a great Fortress. movie. I remember it. I've seen it. It is Star Wars from beginning to end, even down to the R2-D2 yep. characters, are these two zany little Japanese uh, actors who uh, are part of the rebellion, you know? They were mm-hmm. part of, they were the comic relief, yeah. Yeah, it was really fantastic. But tonight, as I told um, Angel last week, yeah. I'm really excited to talk about Antarctica. Because We're excited to talk about it because a lot of, not only not to catch up, but a lot has happened since last time we spoke. Uh, oh. you know, not only with Antarctica, but uh, you know, our guy won. Let's start off there real quick. What's that? Our guy won. Oh, of course. I want to stay <laughs> away from politics. It would just be too sweet <laughs> and uh, distracting. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. I've heard, I've heard really one interesting space-related item about the Trump administration. Elon Musk has been having conversations with Donald Trump. Yep. And there's a rumor that Trump is willing to fu- partially fund one of Elon Musk's missions to Mars. So. Um, yeah, but we've no, been to Mars already, haven't we? Oh yeah, but not with a person. No, right. haven't we been there with the person with the secret space? Yeah, but there's, yeah, hold on, but, yeah, when, when he says, hold on. Yes, but when personally fun, how much money are we talking about here? Because that, that could take yeah, trillions. Well, you're talking about Corey Good and uh, another person that I don't take so seriously. Corey Good has a credible, very credible story. I published an article by Ryan Jones, uh, who's part of Arkansas Mu Fund. He wrote to me oh, a year and a half or two ago and told me about uh, Corey Good. And he wrote an excellent article, and we put it up on UFO Digest. And um, I think it's, you know, it's credible. We all know that uh, now that there is a secret space program, that the Navy has a 10th fleet, that there is something called Solar Warden, which has been uh, operating for scores of years, uh, with their help and on our own. So the Antarctica part is very interesting, of course, because of the Nazi connection to Antarctica, and most recently, I tell you, this last year, a man came out, William Mills Tompkins, who was interviewed by Linda Moulton Howell on C2C and several other shows, and the man is a very coherent, very consistent, and all of the things that he says are very consistent with the story of a Nazi interaction with reptilian aliens who were helping them, trying to help them win the war, and then, of course, fleeing to Antarctica to the fortress. If any of you uh, have seen Iron Sky, that's also a little yep. bit of a takeoff on, on this theme that the Nazis got into outer space very early on, and they were using either Tesla technology or reverse-engineered uh, alien technology, uh, particularly one from a craft that fell in the Black Forest in, in the city of Freiburg 
in uh, in Bavaria, southern Germany, a city that I visited actually. I had the privilege and the pleasure of visiting Freiburg, Germany, in uh, 1971 when I was uh, just uh, finishing up college, and I remember it because they had a giant chess set in there, you know, where people had to actually walk on the chessboard and mm-hmm. pick up big pieces. So I went there, and I've always been a chess aficionado, a chess fanatic, I'm a fan of Bobby Fischer. And I went there, and I won two games. And then I said, okay, guys, I got to go. And they go, no, you can't go. You can't go. You got to stay here. I said, why? He says, well, we got to work at call Hans, you know. You beat us two games. You can't leave. And I said, wait a second. And I got the feeling that if I didn't lose that game, I wasn't going to be let go home. Yeah, <laughs> you, you were going to go home with some broken okay. kneecaps. So uh, here's, 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 a, here's a question for you, though, uh, Robert. Not to cut you off, sorry, but sure. this is something I, you know we get from people who are a little skeptical always. Um, you know, with this kind of technology, especially you know the Nazis during the war, you know, how come they lost the war if they had alien technology that they can go to outer space? Because you know, the way we're, we're describing it, they found a ship. They, were, they had space travel at their fingertips. Right. I mean, if well, this is the case, how come how come we beat them? Because we had help on our side, too. We weren't alone. Uh Ah, you see. Now, I'm glad you mentioned this, but um, there is a book called The Magical Battle of Britain by Dion Fortune. And I found it in England when I was visiting England in the 1990s into the early 2000s. And it tells the story of how the the British uh, government, Churchill, found out that the Nazis were engaged in these very, very strange, arcane and occult practices and, uh, well, basically deals with the devil. If you see the movie Mephisto with uh, Carl Maria Brandauer, you you get the story. However, um, this Antarctica connection is something that is inescapable. And it seems now that the major Nazi high-tech... Leaders got away. Hans Kammler, who was in charge of the the German UFO program, is said to have escaped in a UFO to, to Antarctica. Mm. Uh, about a hundred very advanced submarines were never accounted for. It's 150,000 Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainian nationals who were of the Aryan type, also disappeared. And so the belief is that this Aryan fortress was built in Neuschwabenland. New Swabia in um, in the in the Antarctic, and I'll tell you why I do believe it uh, because Admiral Byrd was sent down there with Operation High Jump in December 1946. Right. Yep. About eight thousand Marines and sailors and aircraft, helicopters, uh, very advanced um, all-terrain vehicles, as they thought about it uh, in those right, days. Right. And uh, they came back with their tails between their legs, you know, in just about two months. They were supposed to go there for six to eight months on this mission. And then they they cut it off after two months. And when he stopped in Chile, uh, South America, he gave an interview, a public press interview, and he said that in the future, America had to be prepared to fight a war against uh, a force that had aircraft capable of flying from pole to pole at un- incredible speeds. That was one hint. Around 1953, which is, would be about uh, six years later, 
General MacArthur said that we had to prepare for the prospect of a war uh, in outer space. And uh, when Admiral Byrd came back, he was met at the Washington Navy Yard by the Office of Naval Intelligence. And he was literally put under arrest. They didn't call it that, but he was held incommunicado at Bethesda Naval Hospital for over five days. His family was not allowed to see him. The press was not allowed to see him. And they really gave him the once-over twice in uh, Bethesda. And Admiral Byrd came out a very angry, bitter man because of the way he was treated. You know, he got the same treatment that uh, that everybody else got, you know, like the Roswell witnesses and uh, uh, the traditional browbeating, the uh, the charges, uh, threat of charges of treason if he betrayed his secrecy oath and so forth. So there was something there that they didn't want us to know about, but there's, uh, there's a lot of good films that have come out in recent years. And Admiral Byrd did take uh, films from the air of collapsed pyramids in Antarctica and uh, open land with warm waters, liquid waters. Then in 1957, 58... But the idea, the idea is, is that not only there's land there, there's pockets within the Earth that you could actually go into sure. in Antarctica, right? And then there's sure. like right. a hollow Earth type of thing or, or right. you got a, a lot of life in there. It's not hollow, like, all the way to the center, but uh, right. there is an extensive cave, subsurface cave system that is uh, interconnected globally. Um, that's one aspect of it. But here's the thing that, that also tells me that this thing wasn't over. Yes, so Admiral Byrd went down there with that huge task force and mm -hmm. was forced back, basically defeated. People who were on that mission have revealed that they were attacked by UFOs, Planes were shot down, uh, ships were damaged, and uh, we apparently had absolutely had no chance against that technology. But I'll tell you this, the U.S. and Britain didn't give up. Ten years later, 1958-59, again under the guise of this national international geophysical year, that's what it was called, it was a, a U.N. program, to devote all of science to the study of Earth, Earth uh, sciences. And so they called it the International Geophysical Year. And it culminated, and I remember this very vividly, it culminated in 1958 or 59 with two nuclear detonations down in Antarctica, of all places. Uh, they call them British, well, uh, bomb, British hydrogen bomb tests, but they also huh. happened right there in the same place that we call, or they call, Neues Schwabenland. Well, what do you think they're trying to do with these uh, bombs? I mean, are you trying to oh, steal something up, or kill some people I up? I think they were putting them right on the, for, on the cave or the fortress uh, where they, they knew the Nazis uh, had built their underground city. That's what I think. So, I mean, do you think that we've taken them out at this point, or the Nazis are, are gone? No, are I, don't think, I don't think that taking out that fortress in uh, 1958 or 59 serve the purpose because in uh so we're talking about 14 years uh 13 14 years after world war ii by that time the nazi international underground had become so uh widespread particularly working out of argentina under the protection of juan peron and evita peron 
you know. Oh, not, not only that, no, but also no not only that, in the, in, in, in the, in the, yeah, there's no graphic in Argentina. But not only that, uh, Robert, but here in America, we already had the influx of all the scientists that we took from Nazi Germany at that point. So you can kind of say, like, the people that were on the inside here in America were already in position by that point. Right. Well, I fully, I, I really believe those guys, you know, though they, although they surrendered, they were still Germans, Nazis. Of course. You know? Of course. And over time, over time, I think that people like Werner von Braun were won over, but it took a lot of time. And one of the, here, let me give you this point. Well, before you make that point, though, and, and, and this is where I think that Werner von Braun might have not been won over as easily as thought. As as, or he won over. He might have played the game right to the end. As, as I think that's over. what it was. I think he was just playing yeah, along and playing the game. Yeah, and right. yeah, the reason yeah. I say that is because, remember, after a while, he left NASA and he went to do underground projects uh, yeah. that dealt with black budget stuff. And, I mean, why would he do that if you know he's you know just playing along being an American? You know, that's well, here's why I American I have, I have a book that was written uh -huh. by Ryan Galen. He was Hitler's uh, top spy. He was the head right, of the entire right. apparatus. And in 1970, I had a mentor who worked for the Defense Department. He was an ex-OSS um, officer who, in World War II, he, he, had been, he was an Austrian Jew who had joined the U.S. Army, and he actually got into Berlin and uh, got secret papers and documents, uh, Hitler telegrams and things like that. Uh, that he showed me that he had kept his souvenirs. But he also gave me this book because he wanted me to understand in 1970 that things were not as they seem in the news. And what he was telling me was that the U.S. had been infiltrated by Nazis. And to prove it to me, he gave me Reinhard Galen's autobiography. And in it, he says that when they were captured, they were afraid to be executed by the Russians. So he approached his commanding officer for permission to to uh, initiate a surrender to the U.S. Army, promising them their entire intelligence operations in Eastern Europe and in the Soviet Union in return for safe conduct and protection from the Russians, because... The Russians do not and did not negotiate with Nazis. The Nazis were so horrible to the Russians. They killed 25 million Russians. Yep. That the Russians uh, here's a question, and this is what boggles the mind. How are the Russians so hated in this country? I mean, they've, they've hated the, uh, the Nazis. They're against ISIS. You know, what is it about the Russians that they, we hate so much again? I don't hate the Russians at all. I think the Russians... <laughs> I don't hate, get it. To be honest with you. I despise the Soviet Union. Right, but I've always had a great respect for for the Russian people and the Russian their Russian. But it's culture. funny how the, the media makes it out like, oh, he's you know, like Trump is friends with yeah, the Russians. Like it's, or a, this or it's as if it's the same monolithic like, uh, yeah. union that that uh, we were fighting. No, that's that's part of their propaganda. Russia is fighting for its survival, just as the United States is fighting for its Correct. survival against the same opponent. Russia right. has to protect Syria. Because Syria is the underbelly of Russia. And if Syria falls, the migrant crisis that we see flooding Europe will happen to Russia. So well, hold on. Not a lot of people really know how bad the migrant issue is in Europe right now. At least most Americans don't. Yeah, I, I guess we are privy to some things. The media is keeping it from the public. Yeah. But over a, million, over a million 
migrants, I don't call them refugees, you know, because they don't act like refugees, you know, they act like infiltrators. I, Trump said it's a Trojan horse, but over a million have uh, flooded into Germany. Uh, I, I put out an, uh, an article last week from Germany that they, um, migrants, aka refugees, have committed 142,000 crimes in uh, in Germany between 2015 and 2016. So the threat is real, and it is an alien invasion. And now I want to get back to William Mills Tompkins and what he was saying in his book, Selected by Extraterrestrials. William Mills Tompkins was with the Office of Naval Intelligence. He was a young officer in World War II, and he got pulled into the the secret um, Office of Naval Intelligence investigations into advanced technology, what the what the Nazis were doing, why were they, they were in Antarctica, and the Navy knew all these things. So Tompkins says that Hitler had made a deal with reptilians and Nordic extraterrestrials. And the Nordics are subservient to the reptilians and that they were trying to fashion the master race was to be a hybrid cross of reptilians and Nordic Germans. Here's a question. Or, how, how do we know that these Nordic extraterrestrials were actually extraterrestrials and not just German people to begin with? Or just regular white Amer- or you know white humans. Uh, well, you know, and it's and it's funny because even Travis Walton in his story of his abduction mentions that he saw Nordic looking male and female right, beings the got him out. on the ship. Correct. Well, yeah, the they didn't really get him out. No, they didn't get him out. What happened was he was in a room <clears throat> where there was a chair, and yeah. he was trying to tinker with it to see what the heck was going on, and he said that he kind of like. Pressed the button, something moves in the room. He freaked out. Next thing you know, these two Nordic-looking beings, a man and a woman, approached him, grabbed him by the arm, and, and kind of like walked him along to another mm-hmm. room where there was a chair, and they set him down. And that's kind of like where he blacks out again. But he Actually, said, they, I'll, tell you, "I'll tell you. Let me say. Let me say this. I know Travis Walton. I met him in New York. Uh, he I thought they were there to get him out. He thought they were, they were like the rescue, coming to rescue him. No, no. Actually, what happened is that the Greys were in there, and he was tormented, so he grabbed the. Yeah, he, he freaked, yeah, he freaked out. Yeah, what, but that was, the, that was the first room. That was the first room. Remember, that was the first room where he wakes up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was ultimately the the blue eyed Nordic ones that kind of led him out and kind of showed him the door, like, okay, don't kill any of these uh, Greys. Right. There's the door, and they knocked him out and left him. And also, he's he not he, left naked. No, but, no, but the, 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 the thing is, he saw that. He's with the movie that because of, uh, for Hollywood special effects and things like that, he says, no, he wasn't left naked on the road. He was in shock. Uh, he says that a lot of the things didn't really happen like that in the movie, but that the movie did capture the sensations that he went through, the panic, the fear, the anguish of uh, being in totally... Alien and hostile environment. You know, you know what I found funny? Like, we, I had him on the show a couple of times, and one of, one of the times when I interviewed him, I asked him about certain key scenes where the aliens have abducted Travis in the mm-hmm. movie. And I asked him, did this happen? He's like, nope. I'm like, did that happen? Nope. nope. Did that happen? Nope. nope. And we just went down a list of different things, and I'm like, 
why did they do that? I mean, and, and his answer was, I have Hollywood. no idea. It's Hollywood. Yeah, and, is- and he, he said the first draft of the script actually was very much like the book. Uh, which mm-hmm. I've read the book and I know the, the way the, the story actually unfolded. Uh, but he said the first draft was a lot like the book, but then the studio executives came in and they started yeah. tinkering because they had to be scary. Yeah. Had to be He's dark. actually a very good writer. He is, I, yeah. I, I got his book, uh, when he was here and he's got a very nice film documentary that was, uh-huh. um, last year by, uh, him and Peter Robbins. Uh, Peter Robbins, you know, from the, um, the uh, Brentwaters incident, you know, yep, yep. Brentwaters Forest. And, uh, I know Peter well. Yes, he's he's a great. He's a New Yorker, so I, I know him well okay. too. But Larry Warren, Larry Warren is one mm-hmm. of the most credible witnesses that you're ever going to see. And there is a great high definition video interview on YouTube with Larry Warren, where he he tells you the whole story and the whole rigmarole that the Air Force puts uh, people through, servicemen through, who have had UFO experiences or alien uh, abductions. Uh, the interesting thing about what uh, Warren says is that he experienced two alien abductions. The real alien abduction that happened in Rendlesham Forest. Then there was the men in black CIA, Air Force of uh, Special Investigations, snatching him, taking him in a room, debriefing him, browbeating him, drugging him for hours, and then staging a fake alien abduction to cloud his memory about the real abduction. So this is mind control, you see? Mm-hmm. The man has a real experience. They get him, they debrief him, they cajole him, they threaten him, uh, they drug him, hold him, tie down. Then they drug him again and they send in either an alien that the Air Force has in reserve for this kind of operation or somebody in a costume to convince him that that is the alien abduction. And so that uh, memory is superimposed like a screen over the real memory to suppress the facts of the real memory. Right. And many, more than more than Larry Warren, more, more than one person, Leah, uh, Niara Isley. Did you ever interview her? No, I have not. No. Oh, Niara Isley. Niara Isley was a uh, airwoman, and she was serving uh, loyally in the Air Force, and she had an alien abduction experience. And the Air the Air Force came down, they snatched her, they drugged her, they still stuck a needle in her neck, uh, and they worked her over until she was willing to shut up. And Ouch. she did when she left the service. And then years later, you know, the the pressure the it comes up, and people just have to tell the truth. So she contacted me at UFO Digest. Oh, this must be about eight, eight, nine years ago. And I asked her to write up her story and we published it. That's very tragic, you know, to have these things happen to, to us. I say the yeah. collective well, here, us. Going, going back that, to the uh, initial question that I had earlier, uh, going yeah. back to the initial question that, we, that I had earlier, because um, we never really uh, answered it, we just kind of like glazed over it. Uh, you know, why do you think that, uh, that, I mean, or not why, but do you think that these uh, supposed Nordic aliens, do you think they could be just human beings all along? I mean, what what is it that they, they have to be aliens? I'll tell you that I, I don't believe they're of this earth because of the work of Charles Hall. You know, Millennium uh, yeah. Hospitality? Well, he, he goes into great detail about the tall whites. And the people who encounter the tall whites, they know they're not 
they're not earthlings. They may be humanoid and, they, and thereby might be somehow connected to humanity, but they are off-world people. And, well, here's uh, the thing. Could, the have, Bible could it be hollow earthers? Could be. Or, I or that is or, a possibility. Or, that is a possibility. Or they're, they're the ones that the uh, Bible writes as uh, we were made in their image under their likeness. Could be, could be. Um, I mean, they were always here, so, things. you know. It could also be EGG, the fallen angels. And uh, right. we know angels are not all spirit, because as I think I've been on your show and talked about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and how the Dead Sea Scrolls describes angels coming and going to Qumran, riding on chariots of glory, and then also describe a special precinct inside the Qumran community, a tabernacle that was a holy of holies. And this is apparently where is seeing women would have intercourse with these angels. And the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, which were quashed for 50 years, first by the the, uh, the Jordanian government, or it's called the Muslims, and then Israel and the Jewish uh, lobby quashed them for 50 years. And nobody knew why. Why are they doing it? Why they, won't they let the, the information out? Well, one thing is it, it doesn't reflect very nicely on Israel, what the Dead Sea Scrolls say about God's relationship to Israel. But the other part is this interesting section on sexual hygiene and purification laws hmm. that govern the interactions of people who went into this sacred precinct and it describes a purification ritual for a seen women if they had if they chance to get angel seed on their arms or on their thighs they had to be decontaminated although that's not the word that they use uh, but you know purification right. rituals that basically is uh, decontamination by the way uh, tonight Flash Gordon's birthday I put out a slew of really great links on my Facebook page and on your Facebook page. And on your Facebook page, I put out photographs of a UFO shootdown that happened in Arctic waters. Uh, the USS Trepang, uh, nuclear submarine, was um, patrolling North Atlantic waters. And through their periscope, they shot a whole series of excellent photographs of UFOs emerging out of the sea, going into the sea, and then even some shots of a huge cigar-shaped UFO that may have been shot down or destroyed. I don't know if it was by the USS Trepang or if they caught a battle between UFOs happening over the North Atlantic, but I sent you the photographs. They were first leaked about a year and a half or two ago by a French uh, magazine. And I put them out then, but now they're making the circuit. So I got a good article that I shared with you on your page. So I hope that the, the link is available to the listeners. Uh, I, I don't think it is, but I'm going to make it available now. I'm actually going to repost it uh, yeah. over on, on our uh, Facebook page, just in case anybody wants to take a look at it. You put two over on links up. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I did so. that. And uh, what else? Oh, also this morning, I was listening to Dave Hodges uh, intervie interviewing Steve Quayle, who has written a book it's precisely about this subject, about Antarctica, mm -hmm. and about uh, how 
the Nazis uh, really survived World War II and were able to use their resources, including a tremendous network of operatives throughout South America and Europe. And we know that some of the popes were some of their operatives yep. and helped uh, Nazis get away, as well as helping Jews escape the Nazis. They were playing both sides against the middle. But uh, he's written a book, uh, Steve Quayle has, called Empire Beneath the Ice, How the Nazis Won World War II. Not quite one. They, they really got to a point where they were still in contention. I don't really believe that they won World War II, and I believe that, that they are now on the defensive with um, this new president that we have. He's not mincing any words, and he's pushing back against what I now call the old world order. The new world order was this Nazi-driven mentality to, you know, rule the world. Yeah. Well, since Trump beat that cabal, I refer to them now as the old world order. But they're still trying to get in there, and they're still trying to infiltrate Trump's administration and uh, sabotage him in any way they can. But I recommend this book by Stephen Quayle. Well, here, here's a question, uh, Robert. Did they really beat the cabal when Trump won? Did he really win? Listen. He's got four have, years. You know, He's got four I, years I, to tinker with the way things are, but then after yes, four years, he you know, he'll, he'll, be, he'll uh, be done. Yeah, so. I don't. I think that he's doing. He's done more in two weeks, two and a half weeks, than any other president I have ever seen uh, in trying to keep his campaign promises. I've never seen anybody like this. He's also restored free speech. He's also demolished political correctness and the weasel wording of the media. He's exposing the whole mind control apparatus of the mass media. So I'm very happy living in this, in these United States. And he did something that I, I love. You, he called, he called CNN for, fake news. You know, even driving on the highway, even driving uh, on the highway, just felt he, he, oh, he lifted off me after Obama left office. And now I say I am very happy living in Obama land. <laughs> wow, but uh, he also did something that uh, I thought was very interesting. He uh, completely made a joke out of CNN. Well, they are a joke. They're a dirty joke. That's what I call any kind of manipulation or lying. And he made yeah. Fox look respectable, which was amazing in itself. I never thought that would happen. I never <laughs> thought that I hear uh, Piers Morgan, uh, you know trouncing the media for the way they're treating Trump. But then again, I said to my friend, I think that he's trying to angle in for a job with, CNN, with uh, Fox News. Probably. Yeah, yeah. The media crushes it, but despite their every effort to suppress this information, it still keeps coming up. In the last year, the Metropolitan, he's the Pope of the, of the Russian Orthodox Church, went to Antarctica. Right. Kerry went to Antarctica. Obama made a trip down to the 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 end of Chile, you know, the end of Argentina, <laughs> you know, and the people think, well, why would he go there if he didn't sneak over to Antarctica? Something really big is coming up in Antarctica or down on Antarctica. The the mysterious it's the flat Earth. It's the flat Earth, man. I'm well, telling you. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, we just proved the flat Earth theory with one little detail. 
when you're in the northern hemisphere, you look at the moon, and the man on the moon is there, and his eye is up in the right, and his smile is on the bottom. And when you migrate down to Australia and take a picture of the moon, the moon is flipped. It's not in the same position, because the people in Australia are upside down relative to us here in New York. Right. You know, right. If, you, if you drew a, uh, put a hole right through the earth, vertical hole, right here at New York City, and came out on the other side after going through the center of the earth, you'd come out in the Sea of Tasmania, between the island of Tasmania and Australia. Right. So, you know, so people down there are really upside down relative to us. And when they take pictures of the moon, it doesn't look the same as it does from the northern hemisphere. And the North Star is not always visible from down there. Correct. Why? Because the Earth is in the way. So please, spare me flat Earth. Please. You know, I saw an article recently, and, and uh, you know, no, you know, all kidding aside, uh, mm-hmm. about a second moon found uh, in orbit here on Earth. Uh, did you mm-hmm. read about that at all? I mean, there was an article floating around, and I, I didn't really read too much into it. Uh, but yeah. it, it seemed legit. Uh, you have pictures of it? Uh, well, they kind of, they really didn't have any pictures of it, but, you know, like NASA, most of it is just, uh, you know, uh, CGI. Yeah, well, it could be. You know, what size is it? I mean, to be a moon, it has to have a significant size, and if it has a significant size, you should be able to see it with a telescope or just even naked eye while making the rounds every day. So where is it? I mean, send me the link. I'm always interested. By the way, Listen. I thought you would know about it. Yeah, fact, I'm, me, I'm uh, full of exciting news. I'm really it's full of exciting They're calling news. it a mini-moon, actually, is what they're calling it here. I'm going to send you a link right now. It's actually on sciencealert.com, where the article came out. So, Like I said, it looks like a legit place. I'm going to paste this also on our uh, chat here on Skype and also on our uh, Facebook page, so anybody who's uh, checking out the show can uh, look at this uh, mini-moon scenario here. Now, well, Earth has a second mini moon, says NASA. So, yeah. Some really important scientific papers have been coming out in the last couple of weeks. And last week in particular, the Journal of Space Exploration has an article by Mark J. Carlotto, Francis L. Ridge, and Ananda Sirisena. And uh-huh. this is called the Luna Scan Project. And what they have found are unusual structures on the far side of the moon in the crater Paracelsus Sea. And they have photographs of these anomalies. And they believe that one of them appears to be an entrance into the interior of the moon. They look like buildings. One, The silhouette of one of them looks like a boat. And the silhouette and the shape of the other one looks like an open coffin. And casts, uh, well, there I said some sort of a, looks like a phallic shaped shadow. But these things are, appear to be not natural. And uh, Mark Carlotto, those of you who are familiar with the original Face on Mars research will rec- recall that it was Mark J. Carlotto who right. found those photographs. Well, he's gone on to write this uh, great paper, fantastic analysis with really good photos. And I'm going to post that one to you right now through Facebook, Angel. So maybe you share that with the audience yeah, send me I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm sending it right now. Uh, okay, here it goes to your Facebook page. Yeah, just posted, so, by the way, guys, a couple of links. 
uh, of this uh, asteroid, uh, small mini moon that we are now. Well, that's what I was going And it, yeah. here's the kicker. It has to be no, it's it's a mini moon, but here's here's the kicker. You know, NASA now is finding this, right? We're always finding new things. We're discovering new things in our very local neighborhood in space here, um, which tells us either a we really don't know much of our even our local neighborhood in space, which is our little small solar system, or b you know this is all a bunch of bullshit. And it's just uh, to feed the masses uh, conditioning, uh, and you know, just keep us uh, entertained. Because I mean, if we if we have all this technology, uh, Robert, we know about this mini moon. We've known about it for many many years. We, sure. You know, if we have technology that can go from planet to planet with the speed that these things can travel, then I'm pretty sure they've mapped out our entire solar system and know every single pinpoint of the solar system. Could, be, could easily be a cover story for a. An extraterrestrial vehicle that has been parked in orbit. As a matter of fact, That's back, in, yeah. back in 1948, uh, Operation uh, Project Sign. Remember, before Project Blue Book, there was Project yep. Grudge, and before Grudge, there was Project Sign. They right, had yep. picked up. They had picked up motherships that had come into orbit and settled in an equatorial orbit. And what better way to cover up the presence of an alien? Spaceship than to say, oh, we have this little moon, right? You know, call it a moon, and people looking through the telescope seeing some kind of grayish, roundish object would say, oh, that must be the moon that they're talking about, right? And so I'd be very suspicious. I'm suspicious of anything that NASA says. They have lied for so long on so many levels. Um, I told you that my epiphany came in 2003, August 20. 6th, 27th, and 28th, when I saw Mars through a 128x uh, magnification uh, superplausal lens in a telescope that I bought specifically for it, because Mars came closest to the Earth than it had in 60,000 years. And what it looked like through the telescope was practically the size of the moon. And I saw a dynamic living planet with weather, with clouds, with arcs of plasma that went from the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere. Like the, the northern lights, they, right. they aggregate and congregate on the northern, over the North Pole. These were streams of plasma that were arcing from the northern hemisphere thousands of miles to the southern hemisphere. Uh, imagine seeing a giant lightning beam or bolt arcing right. across our sky. It was huge, um, and I knew in that moment how how vast the deception of NASA was. Because the next day, they published a photograph in all the major magazines, which they claimed was a picture taken by the Hubble Space Telescope of Mars the night before, the night that I was watching it. And I tell you, friends, it was a sham. It was a cartoon. It if there's something called enhancement. NASA practices dehancement. They had taken oh, I, out. I am. I am pretty sure NASA's the one. I'm pretty sure NASA's one that invented the. I'm pretty sure NASA invented the the photoshopping technique. <laughs> they probably did. Sure, that's another one of the benefits of space technology. So, but anyway, I'm very excited about this. And uh, earlier, about a month ago. Um, Stan McDaniel of the University of Pomona, 
who's also an expert on the face on Mars, uh, also put out a paper basically proving geometrically that the Sidonia complex was intentionally designed that way to attract attention from outer space. And Interesting. Yeah, he... The, the geometry and the analysis of the geometry that, that they have done now, and this is 25 years after Hoagland, you know, broke, broke the ice, it's gone right. to a far deeper level, and they have proven... Hoagland does go deep, that's for sure, yeah. He went deep, he went as deep as oh, he could go. Oh, he's gone deep, yeah. Up the top, deep. You know? Yeah. And uh, so now here, Stan McDaniel, who's the only man who's ever published the entire text of the Brookings Institution uh, white paper that said, uh, don't tell people if you discover life in, uh, in outer space or previous uh, civilizations on the moon, don't tell the public. They won't be able to handle it. So he's a very um, respected researcher, as I said, professor at Pomona College in California, and they put out the paper. It's on the internet, and you can search it. Just look for Stan McDaniel in Sidonia, Put those words, you probably get it. So I'm very excited about this. But I want to tell you about other things. In 2008 and 2009, I was contacted by uh, people in the, well, it was the Navy Department. And they asked me to help them get the word out of a potential UFO disclosure. And during that period of time, my contact was a Navy man who was part of this secret space program. So independent of Corey Good, I met a person who was taken to Antarctica several times where he uh, interacted with reptilian extraterrestrials and was taken aboard an extraterrestrial craft and given a ride in outer space. And this was a, a push that was being made in 2008, 2009, 2010 at a period of time which was unique in our military history because it was the first time in uh, current history that U.S. naval officers were in charge of the three top military positions, which included chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, um, director of national intelligence, and the head of central command. And these three Navy admirals decided, well, now we've got the power, let's go for it, let's let's go for the disclosure. And, of course, the Air Force and the Army uh, have always been against revealing it to the public, while the Navy, honestly, folks, the Navy has been the one service that has always been trying to tell the American public the truth about UFOs. Going back to Admiral Hillencotter, who was uh, a Navy admiral, who was head of the Central Intelligence Agency, and after he left, it was in 1960 that he coined the words Flying Saucer Serious Business, which is the name of a book by um, Frank Edwards. But people thought Frank Edwards made up the title of his book, Flying Saucer Serious Business, but actually he took it from a statement that was made February 25th, 1960, by Admiral Hillencotter, and he said, the Air Force is hiding the facts, and uh, the, the airmen, the U.S. Air Force personnel, are forbidden from speaking openly about UFOs. But I can tell you, in the U.S. Air Force, flying saucers are serious business. 
So that's where the title came from. So Admiral Hillen Cotter was trying to tell the public. Um, Secretary of Defense James Forrestal wanted to tell the public about the extraterrestrial presence and the Roswell crash. And Forrestal saw that the national security apparatus that was being installed in 1947 and 48 and 50 by the Truman administration was very unconstitutional. And he, he roiled, he rebelled against them, he tried to get the word out to the public. For that reason, he was snatched, he was thrown into the psychiatric ward at uh, Bethesda Naval Hospital, and then he was thrown out the galley window of Bethesda Naval Hospital. There's a myth that he jumped out his bedroom window, that he tied yeah. bedsheets. It's all BS. I got, I got a copy of the Naval Board of Inquiry investigation that was conducted after his death. And there's some very, very strange, strange things in there. And one of them is this fact. He did not go out his bathroom window. It was too small for a man of, of uh, a small size. There's a balcony, right? But, uh, he, well, he fell down uh, 17 stories and he landed on Ooh. a second level Ouch. balcony. Yeah. But he was garroted with the sash of his own um, uh, bathroom. And he went out the galley window, which was a giant window, you know, to air out the, uh, the kitchen. It had a big, big window and a big screen that, that fanned out, right, as they opened it. And that's the window out which uh, James Forrestal went out the window. And the other thing uh, was that in his bedroom, they found, you know, in the 1950s, everybody smoked, so there were these giant steel ashtrays. Like uh, uh-huh. the uprights, yep. they came from the ground up. And they were made out of stainless steel, and in it, in the center, sat a very big, thick glass ashtray that was removable. Well, in in Forrestal's room, they found broken glass under his bed, on the floor, and on his bed. And the orderly, who claims to have discovered that uh, Forrestal was missing. Uh, he had he had a very completely German name, Erwin Unwin. E R W I N. Sounds German. Yeah, Erwin Unwin. Okay, so this orderly claims that he came in and he walked into Forrestal's room and he didn't see him, and then he went and looked for him there on the floor and he didn't see him, and then he went into his room and sat in the dark and he smoked a few cigarettes. And then he went to the galley and looked out and saw the galley uh, screen was off and uh, open. And he looked out and then he saw the uh, Forrestal's body there. Now, here's a really interesting uh, point. There was supposedly a suicide note written on a brown paper bag, but it wasn't Forrestal's handwriting. And it was a copy of um, Tennyson's poem, uh, Odysseus, about Ulysses, right? The other thing is this. All of us know that military time runs on the 24-hour clock, right? So 000 is midnight. 0100 is 1 o'clock. 1200 hours is midday or noon. But there's no, there's no military time 
of 2440 or 2450. And I found in that uh, Naval Board of Inquiry uh, report some of the nurses' notes of cards, uh, visitor cards and uh, the, the orderlies when they gave um, the patients their, their drugs or went to see them, they had to put it, the time down. So this nurse wrote on this, on this page, um, 2440, Forrestal's missing. Okay. That he's discovered not in his room at 2440. Right. I think the nurse, the nurse was forced to change all the cards and to give us a hint in the future that something was off. She put 2440 instead of 0040 as as the proper time as it should have been. Right, right. Just, you know, Bethesda is a very, very... That's interesting. ...a negative yeah. place. Um, you That's know, look, Forrestal went out the window of Bethesda Naval Hospital, right, 1950. Uh-huh. President Kennedy's uh-huh. autopsy, Bethesda Naval Hospital. The murder of William Pitzer was a naval commander who claimed that he had... He had films and photos that were going to blow the JFK assassination thing wide open, but he talked too much, and he mentioned that he had made a deal with NBC News after he retired that he was going to show them these films and photos, and that he was going to become a big wig, you know, in NBC News. Well, this left-handed commander, U.S. Naval commander, was found dead at his desk in Bethesda Naval Hospital with a gunshot through the right temple. Okay. So, Bethesda Naval Hospital is a very dangerous place to be. Luckily, really? people are not getting killed anymore nowadays for uh, being involved in certain things like this. Or, right. do, you think people are, do you think people are still getting like whacked by the government? No, the old world order, it's too sloppy, but the old world order isn't doing it. But I do believe that corporations are, are operating on the same uh, mentality, especially with regard to the deaths of cancer doctors or doctors who discover alternate cures for cancer. Uh, recently, on my, on my Facebook page, I've been putting out a lot of information about GCMAF, this uh, protein, the factor that eats cancer. It just consumes it. We have it in our bodies. When we're young, we have it in our bodies because cancers are always springing out inside our bodies, but this GCMAF factor kills it. As you get weaker, your immune system gets uh, depressed, and so you have less and less of it. But now they have found a way of uh, creating or augmenting it in the human body, and people are being treated for cancers that cannot be operated upon uh, surgically. They're being treated in Switzerland and Germany with uh, these um, potions. One is called Rerum, uh, which is a really potent form of this GCMAF factor. You know, one, one day in the future, we're almost out of time here, guys, but one day in the future we're going to get to the point where uh, all these terrible diseases that are killing us are like, Nothing more than a pill away from being cured. Like, you know, you go to your doctor and be like, yeah, my, uh, my cancer's slurring up again. Can I get a pill? And they'll give you a pill and you'll be all right. Or you go to the doctor and be like, yeah, I got the AIDS, man. It's killing me again. Can you uh, give me a couple of pills? 
boom, you'll be yeah. okay. You go, and everything will be nice and clear, and everything will be just fine. We're we're almost at that feature, I think. Oh, yeah, listen, can I can yeah. I just say a few things? Uh, I want to give a plug. I'm going to be in, in yeah, New York City. Yeah, please tell us where you're going to be at. Where you're going to be at. I'm going to be in New York City at the New Life Expo, March 17th, cool. 18th, and 19th. I'm going to be on the UFO panel, and I may be doing some uh, teachings or teachings, uh, Tai Chi and uh, remote viewing. I'm also planning, uh, I've had a lot of response over the last year about remote viewing, so I'm going to re-capitulate uh, the course uh, sometime in March. And people can get, stay in tune with uh, what we're up to at ufodigest.com, which uh, we've, we've been producing a lot of really excellent articles. And yep. I'm going to be producing, uh, I told uh, Angel about this last week, I was exploring Antarctica using Google Earth, and I found what may be one of the biggest meteor impact sites uh, yet yeah. found uh, on top of a mountain not far from that area that we were talking about where the little Germans uh, like to do their stuff, you know? Uh, it's a unique crater. I sent you a picture of it, yeah. and the diameter of this crater is about, is set, uh, according to Google Earth, is... 1,701 feet in diameter. That's a huge, huge that's hole. A big, that's a big boy, yeah. That's a big crater. Yeah. So uh, a lot of cool stuff is happening, and keep your eyes on Antarctica. Uh, I think something very... It, well, I can tell you, they're discovering the remnants of an ancient civilization, antediluvian civilization that existed in Antarctica before the ice caps formed. I think we're going to get, honestly, and, and I'm with you 100% there, uh, Robert, I think we're going to get some kind of discovery like that uh, before yeah. we get full disclosure on aliens or ET contact. Uh, Robert, we're all out of time. Unfortunately, we got to go. Yeah. we got Dr. J waiting the wings to get on air. Uh, it's oh, been a say pleasure, hi, my Dr. friend. J. Will do. It's been a pleasure, as always. Much, Dr. J, my you, you. uh, you, you, uh, sir, you gotta be back here soon. We can't wait another, uh, you know, you know, two, three, four months. Sure. It's always, it's always fun having you on. So. Thank you very uh, much. Agreed we'll talk you. to you soon. Guys, that's Robert Morningstar, the great Robert Morningstar. And, uh, again, Dr. J Radio is gonna be coming up next to live here on, well, it's not really live, it's pre-recorded, but still he's, you know, top of this next. It's whatever. It kinda counts. I mean, you know, we well, got yeah, files. We've got files. In different areas. And we play them for Dr. J. No? <laughs> no? Really? No? Oh, okay, we're going to go away now. Yay, okay, Dr. J. Anyway. <laughs> That's right, guys. <laughs> hey, listen up to Dr. J. He's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, guys, until next week, we'll be back uh, live again, we promise, with another great guest, another great uh, show here on Skywatchers Radio, and uh, until next week, thank you all for uh, taking your time here with us and listening into the show. And as I usually say around this time, keep looking up to the skies and keep questioning authority. Except for you know this whole thing where you know you liberals are butthurt and you're on the streets rioting. Let's get over ourselves. Oh, the viewpoints of the hosts on Skywatchers Radio. Do Let's not just get over ourselves. <laughs> you can question authority, Let but don't take known. it to an extreme. You know, let's you know, can we all get along? Really? No. Peace, everybody. And now I leave you with the sounds of Mac Maloney. Worlds <laughs> apart. The Mac Maloney band. The Mac Maloney band. That's amazing. Hey, they're awesome. I love Mac Maloney's band.